What's up, Elite Army? This is your kind of well, kind of toxic host, Sarah Rittendale, bringing you another episode of Well-ish. Elitas! Welcome back to Wellish. I missed you. I felt like I was lacking something throughout my week. Like I was like, you know, this was a good decision. I'm glad I did this. I don't have to think about it. It's fine to not have an episode last week. But I just like by like maybe like Tuesday, (laughs) I was like, I'm bored and I miss you. And I feel like I have a lack of direction. And I hated it. So, I mean, I'm glad I did it because now I am officially a Floridian, kind of. I'm still technically an Illinois resident. I never switched to North Carolina. Actually, my ID still says my mom's address. I've been out of my house since I was 18 and I'm 25 now and I've literally never changed my address ever. (laughs) But you know what? There's a time and there's a place for that. And it's just not now. I just don't want to worry about it right now. So, Officially down here in Tampa, I feel so fucking excited to be here. I just feel like this is the reason that I moved away from home. I started thinking about my friends and family as an amenity. And when you look at it that way, it was like I would rather be in Chicago than be in Charlotte. I mean, Chicago had so much more to offer like friends and family. I just loved the dynamics of the city. I feel like I didn't realize how spoiled I was living in such a big city, uh, obviously until I moved away from it. And so to move somewhere that was just like a half ass version of Chicago, I just didn't like it. But Tampa, dude, Tampa obviously is not as big as Chicago, but it's a big city and it's a beautiful city. I mean, they've got all of the buildings about 10 minutes from downtown and it's just like palm trees shooting up from everywhere. The sky is just so goddamn blue. I live where I could see the river going through Tampa from my office window. That is just like so cool. There's like palm trees in in front of it and stuff. It's just so scenic. I just, I feel like when I originally moved away oh, about a year ago now from Chicago, I felt like I always had wanted to move somewhere else. And it was a part of who I wanted to become. It was a vision that I had always had for myself since I was as long as I, like as soon as I could figure out that you could move somewhere else. I think a big thing for me was when I went to Italy when I was a senior in high school. And I remember seeing the Mediterranean and the mountains and it was just so fucking pretty there and being like, why the fuck do people live in the Midwest when this exists? So not as going, I'm not going as far as moving to Italy. However, if my boyfriend ever broke up with me, you'll catch me in Europe. (laughs) But I just always wanted to experience something different. And I wanted to feel like I was somewhere different. And this feels like I'm somewhere different. So I finally feel like proud of where I moved and like I moved for a reason. And like, I want to have people come and visit me and show them where I live. I feel proud of my new home. I no longer have an apartment number. I'm a townhome not owner, I'm still renting, but like a town home goer, you know? So it feels so fun, all my online shopping and not having to plug in a, an apartment number. It makes me feel real good. <laughs> 
I feel really good. I mean, like I said, my apart, my town, my, see, not my apartment, my town home is really great. It's got a nice open layout. It's like the little things for me. Like I've never had stairs in my life. So like having stairs feels like a major upgrade for me. It's got three bathrooms. That's fucking cool. My faucet, like my kitchen sink detaches. So you can like spray around the sink feels like a huge upgrade. There's water pressure, huge upgrade. I forgot my phone in my car and I just like walked right to my driveway right outside my front door. Huge upgrade. It's just like, it's, you don't realize like there's a washer and dryer, huge upgrade. Like there's just so many like simple things that make your life easier. That makes your life feel a little bit more luxurious than just kind of like scraping by and not caring and having to like put in all of this unnecessary extra effort that you don't really have to. So I feel really good about the transition and, you know, I am spending a little bit more money than I was before, but to me, it's worth it. It, to me, it's upgrading my life and it's making me just feel like I'm a more functioning adult human being. So I, I, it's really good for my emotional and mental health as well. It's just overall a better feeling. When I moved to Charlotte and people would be like, oh my God, how's North Carolina? I would always not really know how to answer. Like I would be like, oh, I mean, like it's cool. We're three hours from the ocean. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like Palatine for any of my Chicago listeners. <laughs> you know, it's it's like a suburb of Chicago that's, dare I say, not that nice, <laughs> but it's just a smaller version of Chicago. Like I didn't really know what to say, but now that I'm here, I can't help but rave about it. I mean, I feel like that's what I've been doing for the last five minutes now is just telling you guys how great this place is. I mean, the fact that like also like there's so many people here from Chicago, it really makes me feel like home. The big city makes me feel like home. Being stuck in like traffic on giant highways makes me feel like I'm at home. All the people are nice. Like I live in a nice little neighborhood that everybody says hello and waves and people aren't like fucking ratchet and angry all of the time. Like my domestic violence neighbors. All of the restaurants and the bars, not all of them, but a lot of them are on the water, which is just such a fucking cool experience. Your girl is a seafood whore. So obviously I can get that all the time here. I literally, I feel like I'm in Chicago, but like at the beach. I'm just so satisfied with where I I am at now. And I just feel so happy with this move. I am so grateful that of all of the things that I am afraid of in life, though, (laughs) moving to a new place is not one of those things. And again, I was thinking about how proud I am of myself for fulfilling this goal that I had of living somewhere else in the United States and not just staying in one place because there's so much more out there. That's something that's important to me. I mean, obviously, there's beautiful things about staying in the same place your whole life, but it's whatever makes you happy, and this is what really makes me happy and feel good. This will be something I remember I did for the rest of my fucking life, which is so crazy to me. All it took was just one decision to totally change my life. I'm still only a weekend, so let's take that into consideration, but I just feel so much better about myself and about my life because I made a decision that aligned with the way that my elite self would live. And that's exactly what we're harping on today. You will never, ever transform into your highest self, best self, elite self. You are listening to all of the podcasts, reading all of the books, watching all the videos, looking for the answer that will help you one day wake up the evolved best version of yourself. 
those are only resources to teach you the skills and tools that will get you closer to becoming that person. You only become that person when you decide to become that person. Let's get into it. I started my self-improvement journey probably middle end of high school. And that mostly looked like reading a lot of self-improvement books. My mom was always really into self-improvement, which I think is what sparked my interest in it. She always was reading all the books. And so I remember she had this one book specifically, it always sat next to her bed called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And I never actually read that book. (laughs) I'll have to ask her if I can borrow it maybe, but I remember that book because I remember her saying that all the time. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff. And it seemed like, oh, well, that makes sense as a person that only sweats the small stuff (laughs) as a high schooler. And so that kind of stuck with me as there being another answer to the way that I felt. And I wasn't just supposed to like, I don't know, be damned to all of these feelings. And one day I found myself in the self-improvement section at Half Price Books. And there were answers to literally any problem that you could think of. Confidence, how to make people like you, how to be a badass, how to have great sex, how to make a guy like you, how to get out of your head, how to change the way that you think, how to be successful, how to make friends. The list was endless. Anything that you could ever think that there's something wrong with you that you could be upset about, there is a resource for it, which just fucking blew my mind. I just felt like suddenly so powerful and it made me feel like there's answers. I'm going to read the books and I'm going to get the answers and then I won't feel this way anymore, which is the reason that I completely gave up reading for fun and only read these books for years. I was obsessed with self-help books. I read them constantly looking for the answers to solve all of my life's problems. I would read an entire book and apply all of its teachings into my life, just like head on obsessively tried to apply them to everything that I could. And then it would only last, I want to say a couple weeks, but honestly, I'm thinking like maybe about a week. And then I just revert it back to my old habits because I expected that when I read the book, the answers would stick in my head because it would be like a revelation moment. It would be like, oh yeah, that makes sense, which did happen. And so then I would think, okay, so now I'm going to apply all of those things to my life. And it didn't work that way. And realistically, I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll just like go back and reread it, you know, but I don't do that shit. Like I don't go back and reread. I mean, maybe I like pick up a book again and read the whole thing again, because apparently that's something people with anxiety do is they read the same books over and over again for comfort because they know what's going to happen. But that's about as much rereading as I do. I don't like, I do annotate now. I used to never annotate. That's only something that I've started in the last couple months. But even when I annotate, I don't go back and look at my annotations. Like I, I don't go back and read my journal entries. Like I don't do that. I wish I could. I, I mean, I would like to try to implement that more, but it's just not something that I've ever really done. So expecting myself to read the book and have all of the information stuck inside of my brain and like not going to go reread it. So like I just I had high expectations for what the book would provide for my life. And the more I read, the more my knowledge to skill gap 
through. And I just remember feeling so overwhelmed and just like, I remember like crying and, and being so devastated and frustrated. And I think I said already overwhelmed because I just, I knew what to do. I, I understood logically all of the things that the resources were teaching me, but I didn't know how to do it or didn't have the skill set to do it, which sounds so silly because they're mindset things. So you think, well, I know how to stand up for myself theoretically, but when you get into the situation and then you don't apply those skills, it's frustrating because you know what you're supposed to do, but you just didn't do it. And then you're like, I'm a failure. I'm a loser. Why am I not strong enough? Why can't I do it enough? But I mean, this is a whole different topic we're getting into. Listen to last week's episode to talk about practicing those skills and closing that knowledge of skill gap. But at the time, I didn't know anything about the knowledge of skill gap. I didn't even know that was a thing. So I just cracked it up to that I hadn't read enough yet and I hadn't learned enough yet. And I needed to keep fucking cracking away at learning and reading in order for it to eventually apply to my life. I thought that the more information I packed into my mind, my mind would just operate that way eventually because it's what it's been taking in. Then I started incorporating motivational videos and TED Talks and soaking in all of that information and listening to that whenever I got the opportunity. And when they would talk about things that you should pay attention to or practices that you should do, I would obsessively like write everything down and plan everything out and try to solve the problem on a piece of paper, figuring out all of the things I needed to do or I needed to practice in order to grow or things I felt like I needed to improve on. This produced for me some of the results that I was looking for with the books. I genuinely felt that I was rewiring my mind, especially with the motivational videos, because it gave me a new talking pattern that I could follow to change the negative one that I was stuck in. And it did actually, I mean, it did work. Like, I mean, I did genuinely begin to think differently or realize that there were other ways to speak to myself and things that were possible that other people were saying to themselves and allowing me to more effortlessly adopt this mentality. And because it started to begin to become effortless for me to think that way, I was like, this is it. I found the fucking solution. This, I'm going to pack all of this into my brain instead of the books. And I stopped reading the books and I just stuck to the videos and taking that in all of the time to try to rewire my brain that way. I think that's when my toxic self-help really set in. You need to be all the things and do all the things and work hard. Put your head down and grind. Don't be a failure. Don't be a loser. You're a failure. You're a loser if you don't do something every day to make yourself 1% better. Because if you're 1% better every day after 30 days, you're 30% better. And after a year, you're 365% better. Can you imagine if you were 365% better than you are right now and all you have to do is 1% every day? It was like too intense. And it sounds, again, realistic. Logically, I understand what they're trying to say. And logically, if it works for you, it works for you. And that makes sense. But it was overwhelming for my overactive mind. I just felt constantly in this state of not good enough, that I was always trying to be better. And you are always trying to be better, but you also have to appreciate the wins too. And it doesn't mean you're, it's a loss or a failure because 
you only won so much or you decided to relax for a day and not be 1% better that day. This kind of stuff made me feel like I was taking action, which was my issue before. Like I said, I was so overwhelmed by self-improvement that I just felt like I was so upset that I couldn't, I was in this like awareness space that I knew what to do, but I couldn't do it. And now I felt like I was doing it because the way that these videos were rewiring my brain were to take action and to be 1% better. And I felt like because every day I was problem solving and figuring out ways to be better, it was making me better. And then one day I was feeling again, overwhelmed and upset and like I wasn't good enough. And I asked myself, but look at everything that you have to show for. You can see that you have all of these accomplishments like, and I was blank. I could think of a couple things, but like, I really didn't have anything that I felt I could really show for all of this mental capacity that I was putting in, like all of this strenuous heavy lifting that was only happening in my mind. And I wasn't actually taking what I was learning and the strenuous effort that I was putting into my head and bringing it into my outside life, into my real world life. All of the things that I thought I was working on were just silent battles that I was fighting in my head. I wasn't actually doing anything about it. I was just problem solving in my mind. That's when it clicked for me. It was about progress, not perfection. The first moment I heard that, I was listening to one of my motivational speeches because they are good resources. And it was Matthew McConaughey. And he said, give yourself permission to not be perfect. And I was like, oh my God, I have to give myself permission to not be perfect. And if there is no such thing as perfect, I must not have to be perfect in order to reach this mindset or this level of mental success, emotional success, physical success that I'm trying to reach. I realized that there will always be toxic things that I do, ways that I think. But for all of this time that I've been stressing myself out, I always am putting my best foot forward. And I am always trying to become the most well, best version of myself. And this is the way that it always has been. But the difference between then and now is now I understand that there is no magical threshold to be crossed, that there isn't going to be some transformative wave that washes over me and carries me into existence with my most perfect best self. Because when I look at it like that, it's never going to happen. And it's always just out of reach for me. And that's when I started Wellish. There will never be a magical moment that you transform into your best self. You must decide that you already are your best self and act accordingly. You have to decide who your best self is. What does she think like? What does she act like? What does she look like? And you just have to start acting like that person. Like right now, right now, today, right in this moment, five minutes from now, you just have to start asking yourself, how would my best self act in this situation and start acting accordingly to that. The thing is though, and this is the mistake that I made for so long, is you're not just going to do that. Ask yourself that, listen to this episode and start behaving accordingly. You're not just going to suddenly be your best self because you decide that you are. You have to practice it. It is a process. 
and you're going to screw it up. You're not always going to act in line with your best self. Sometimes you will, sometimes you won't. Right now, maybe you act 80% toxic and 20% well, but the more you work on it, maybe you get to be like 50-50 well and toxic. And then maybe you're 80% your best self and you're only 20% that toxic version of you. And the thing is, again, remind yourselves that you're not going to ever be this perfect best version of yourself. There's always going to be times that you screw up. You're going to feel insecure at times. You're going to pop off at times. You're going to not stand up for yourself at times. You're going to people please at times. That's how life works. That's how the brain works. It's what you do and how you behave most of the time that matters and that you're consistently putting in that effort. The pieces of who you currently are that you're not happy with are only bad habits that you have to work towards breaking. It's as simple as breaking a bad habit. That does not mean that that is going to be easy. And that's what I'm trying to say is like, you're still going to screw that up. But it is as simple as breaking a habit. And that is going to come from making the decision to act in a different way, to act in the way that aligns with your best self. Even when you screw up, you are still your best self because you've already decided that you are and you know who you are. It's like when somebody says some stupid shit about you and you know that it's not true, you know who you are. You don't need other things, outside things to validate who you are. And when you do those things that don't coincide with your elite self, you just have to like take, what's that saying? Take it on the, take it on the knee, take it on the cuff. I don't know, some shit, you know what I'm trying to say? Like you just have to like take it and move on and know that that doesn't erase all of the times that you did act in alignment with your best self. If most of the time you carry yourself well and behave confidently and then one night you get wildly drunk and become an emotional wreck, you're not damned to insecurity. Sure, you're embarrassed. Sure, you're anxious about it. You have anxiety. You are upset that that happened. But that doesn't mean that you are no longer a confident person. You are still a confident person because you know who you are. You know you're already your best self. And that wasn't really in alignment with my best self. So what can I do in the future to prevent that from happening again, from putting myself in a position like that again? Or what can I do now to act in alignment with my most confident self? If the next day you wake up from that and you're like, oh my God, my life is over. It's all, I'm going to hide in my house. I'm never talking to those people again. I'm so embarrassed. I do all the things. I mean, if you do that, you do that. You know what I mean? But like, think about what you can do from now on. Instead of being like so upset and insecure about it, own it. Just own it, dude. Like take accountability for what you did. Be like, whoa, that was fucking embarrassing. Sorry you guys had to witness that last night. Don't know who that bitch was, but moving on, <laughs> you know, like act confidently. You know, it, it is what it is. Accept that that's who you are. That's what you did. That's how you felt at that moment in time. And that's okay. It's about self-acceptance and then continuing on with your life and not dwelling on something that you can't go back and change. It's you aligning with your best self every time that you are able to, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to 100% of the time. People's opinions play a really big role here as you begin to let go of that old version of yourself that other people agreed to have a relationship with. It's possible that if you always let people walk all over you or you never set boundaries, 
if you suddenly start doing those things, standing up for yourself, setting boundaries, that they're not really going to want to be involved with you anymore because you're not going to serve the purpose for them that you were originally serving. Other times you begin to behave in alignment with your best self and people just have to make fucking comments like, why do you look nice today? Or, oh, you really have to leave so you can go to bed early so you can be up and go to the gym. You're so boring now. Oh, miss health and wellness. Oh, miss positivity. Or they don't like when you set boundaries or you start speaking up and saying your opinion when you used to just like stay quiet and be agreeable before. You have to decide what's more important to you. Feeling good about yourself and being true to who you are or making the people around you feel comfortable. Another way this kind of shows up with other people is they might, and dare I say it, I feel like I hate fucking saying this because it feels like so egotistical, but they start to feel like threatened by you. You start to become this better version of yourself and they're upset with themselves that they aren't the best version of themselves. And you bring that feeling out of them by showing up as the best version of you. And so they might not like that either and might not hang around you for that reason either. But obviously, the people that you are meant to be around and the people that really love you and accept you and want the best for you are going to be fully supportive and stick around. So, I mean, it's better to behave the way that you want to behave and let those people go and point those people out, like allow them to show themselves to you and weed them out as you go. The thing with this mentality too of deciding who you want to be is that it applies not just to becoming your best self, but like anything that you want to be. I was talking about this week that I've decided that I'm entering my hot girl era, you know, which is terrifying for me to say. Just like you can tell by the way I'm fucking talking about it is that like that's just feels so vulnerable and uncomfortable for me to talk about because the way I look is an insecurity of mine. And it's irritating because like I used to consider myself a good looking person and I just don't feel that way about myself anymore. Thanks to comparison of the internet and other people and having to fit this specific societal norm of what you're supposed to look like and everybody commenting on people's looks. It just, it makes me feel not good enough. And so I will walk into rooms and feel like I'm comparing myself to other people and feel like I'm ripping myself apart and that I don't look good enough in any which way. But if I make the decision that I do feel good about myself, I'm making the decision that I am a good looking person and I start to act accordingly, that helps me feel that way. It helps me gain confidence. It helps me know that I don't care what other people's opinion of me is, that I feel that way about myself. And it also helps me act accordingly, like making sure that I'm keeping up with like my skincare, my hair care, taking vitamins, going to the gym, eating healthy, drinking water, just being more intentional with my physical appearance and being more intentional with how I mentally think about myself in regards to my physical appearance. Obviously, I'm not going to transform what I look like physically, but putting more intention into who my inner hot girl is, what she looks like, how she acts, and beginning to align myself with that will start to shape my mentality around it in a different way. And it's not going to happen if I just sit here and think, oh, I wish I looked like that. I wish I had her hair. I wish I had that great skin. I wish I had that great body, whatever. 
Or I wish people looked at me when I walked into a room. I wish that people talked about me like that. But it's it's not like I'm going to transform by thinking that all of the time. I'm going to transform if I decide that I will be that person for myself. And I'm going to act in alignment with who that person is to me. It's like makeup. <laughs> You're not changing who you are. You're enhancing what you already have. A best self example, last night I tried to go out and get a solo dinner going on because my boyfriend has been out of town. He's not anymore. I was afraid to say that on the podcast because I'm afraid of serial killers, but he's he's home now by the time you guys are listening to this. But I w- tried to go have a solo dinner. Guys, <laughs> I drove around the Tampa area for two hours. I drove to five, five different restaurants to try to find somewhere that I felt comfortable enough to go inside and sit down. But everywhere, it was Friday night. Everywhere was like too much of a party vibe that too many people, like I was not about to go in by myself to that situation. It was not the vibe (laughs) that I was going for. And also your girl is broke as fuck from the move. So I couldn't, the only place I could really think of to go other than that was somewhere that would cost a lot of money to eat. And I was kind of beating myself up about it because I was like, a confident person would go in there and not care. But then I was like, but that's not who I am. Like if who I am isn't somebody that wants to go and sit in a party area, if that's not something that's going to make me feel clear and confident and calm, like then that's not for me. Now, eventually, if I wanted to push myself out of my comfort zone to be able to do that, I could work towards practicing it. Or I could just accept that that's just not something that I like or want to do. I have several restaurants now for my boyfriend and I to go to or my friends and I to go to because I saw a bunch of cool places, but it was just nowhere that I wanted to go in and sit by myself. And that's okay. It's your version of confident. It's your version of your best self. It's your version of whoever you're deciding that you want to be. I'm sick of this toxic mentality of loving yourself unconditionally. You are supposed to love yourself, but for the love of God, if you don't like things about yourself, it's okay to change them. It's okay to improve upon them. If I sat around and did all the drugs and didn't have a job and let my skin go to shit and let myself rot inside of my house, I wouldn't want to just love myself anyways. I would want to improve if because that's not a lifestyle that aligns with my best self. If it aligns with your best self, by all means, do your thing. But like, it's not what aligns with my best self. So I don't want to love myself unconditionally for that. Those are conditions. I'm not going to love myself under those conditions because I'm going to want to improve them. Especially when you feel yourself itching to be a more self-improved version of yourself. Like if you are whatever you are and you're okay with that, like I said, that's fine. But if you are those things and you're like feeling this like burning feeling to be a better version of yourself, it's okay to grow and to love that about yourself. Love that you want to improve. You begin to love yourself and accept who you are because you know that you're putting in the effort to try to become the person that you want to become. You begin to love and accept yourself because you know that you're putting so much effort into becoming the person that you feel proud of accepting. The most important thing, if you take anything away from this episode, is to take this away. You will never be in alignment with that person all of the time. It will take time and intention and effort and 
practice. <clears throat> Listen to episode 73. Plus, you know, you need you need a couple humbling moments. You wouldn't be able to like fully appreciate what it feels like to be confident without some moments that make you appreciate the times that you were doing good. <laughs> it makes you feel really grateful for the times that you were behaving in alignment with your best self. So use resources as resources. The more you rely on the resources to solve all of your problems, the larger of a knowledge to skill gap you are creating and you are digging yourself into a deeper hole of disappointment. Absolutely read the books and listen to the videos. Like I said, the breakthrough moment that I had for myself to figure out that I had to give permission for myself to not be perfect was from a motivational video. I've learned several tools and several skills from the books that I've read and the things that I've watched and listened to, but it's relying on those resources to solve your problems. That's when it becomes an issue. You have to make the decision to be your best self or whatever self it is that you're wanting to become and begin to behave accordingly. And you cannot expect to be that person all of the time, forever, unconditionally, no exceptions. It's when you behave in alignment with that way consistently, you begin to feel you are that person most of the time, and then you are the best version of yourself all of the time. You literally have to remind yourself that you are the best version of yourself. It's not going to be, again, that you listen to this episode and you make the decision and there on out, you're good to go. You have to remind yourself. Like I probably remind myself that several times a day. The other day, I hung my robe on the back of my door and it fell off the hook and it crumbled to the floor. And instead of doing what I normally do and just looking at it and pretending that I didn't see it fall and shoving it behind the door so that I can't see it and it doesn't bother me, I said to myself, my best self has a clean house. Take the two seconds to bend over and pick it the fuck up. And that's what I did. And I hung it back up. At the same time, though, my laundry has been sitting in the dryer for the last four days. So you win some, you lose some, you know? But it's the consistent effort that makes the difference. And you telling yourself that you are that person. So the more you behave in alignment and the more you remind yourself that you are your best self, the more you actually genuinely begin to believe it. And that's when it starts to become effortless. If anything in this episode resonated with you, share it with a friend. It's likely that if it resonated with you, it'll resonate with somebody else in your inner circle as well. And like always, please do not leave without subscribing and leaving a review for the show. Five stars are the only thing that's allowed. We still are working on getting that 4.6 up to a five star. Thank you very much. Need your help to do that. Decide to be the elitist of your dreams and then tell me what you guys do to act in alignment with that. I'm so excited to hear what kind of things you are going to do to behave in alignment with your best selves, with your most elite selves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you do have any questions or stories that you would like to be featured on the show, you can find the submission box for that on Wellish's Instagram at Wellish Podcast under the highlight that says Q&A. You can also follow me on Instagram and TikTok. Both are my first and last name at Sarah Rittendale. Instagram does have a dot in between my first and last name. Hang out with me there for more self-improvement tidbits throughout your week. We are going to have a kick-ass week. Do not forget you are elite as fuck. And I will talk to you guys next Monday. Bye. Bye.